Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. Let's join together this morning in prayer and ask God to bless us as we study His Word. Dear gracious Lord, we just exalt You. We praise You for all that You are. We thank You that Your Word stands forever. Lord, that we can look to Your Word as as a guide and a direction. And Lord, we pray that now as we open uh, the Scriptures, Lord, that You would speak to our hearts, that Your Spirit might uh, touch our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Turn with me uh, for the last time to the book of Jude. We're going to finish up our time together, hopefully in the book of Jude, with the last several verses. We... Of course, this is only one chapter. There's only one. uh, So we refer to Jude in terms of the number of the verse instead of a chapter and verse like you normally would hear us talk about a a particular uh, book of the Bible. Uh, There's a few other books of the Bible that are that way. You can see right off the bat that 3 John's that way as well and 2 John is. Uh, but uh, Jude is one one of those few books of the Bible that's short enough to where there's just but one chapter. And we uh, found our way through uh, verse 16 uh, last week. And what we talked about uh, so far is, is that this is using the analogy of a boxer. Jude is giving admonition to the church. They've had a group of people that have come in, the uh, those who are teaching antinomialism. And if you haven't heard yet what antinomialism, where have you been? Uh, well, uh, we've been talking about these folks who've been teaching antinomialism uh, all this time. And basically, they're a group of people that are saying, look, if God's grace is good enough to save you of your sin, then God's grace is good enough for you to do whatever you want to. You just go out and do all the things that you want to do, uh, sin all that you want. God's grace, hey, it's there for you, so you don't have to worry. But we as Christians, we understand that we can't live that way. And Jude has been uh, admonishing the church there uh, that we can't have this kind of attitude that the antinomialism uh, teaches, uh, the antinomialists. You have to uh, reign within you the... Uh, the strength that God has given you, rein it in, those things that would seek to divert you away from God. Uh, Just like a boxer, okay? Uh, We talked about how we need to keep our guard up. And a boxer... needs to keep his guard up when we uh, when he goes into battle just in the same way we as Christians we have to keep our guard up we can't allow the, uh, the influences of the world to change us we need to be the agent of change for the world anytime we sit here and we allow ourselves to to be changed by the world we're not being effective as Christians because our task is to shine the light of Jesus Christ in the world uh, we're not to shine the darkness of the world into the church. We're instead supposed to shine the light of Jesus Christ from uh, God into the world. 
And so we need to keep our guard up, that we also uh, need to uh, not only keep our guard up, but we have to uh, train ourselves, be prepared. We've got to uh, uh, get, you don't see a boxer going into a, a bout and not having trained. He always will spend time training and, and preparing, getting to know the, uh, and one of the other things was is to get to know your enemy, know your opponent. Uh, we need to understand and know the, the opponents in this world, the, the influences of this world, and how they have tried to affect us. We need to understand the stakes and understand how uh, a fighter will uh, understand what it means, a particular bout means for him in his standings. We as a church, uh, we as a Christian, we need to understand what's at stake. Uh, not just our own, not not our reputation, but God's reputation in the world. Everything that we do, the things that we uh, try and get away with, uh, they tell the world an Im- a, a, a story about who God is. We're supposed to be the image of Christ in the world. And when we live as though uh, sin doesn't matter, when we go around as if and acting as if nothing uh, is wrong with, with doing the things that the world does and sinning, then that portrays an image of, well, all this stuff that Jesus teaches, you can take it or leave it. It doesn't matter uh, if you have it in your life. Uh, uh, That's the wrong message. We need to be aware of the thing. When we allow ourselves to sin, when we allow ourselves to say and to do the things that the world does, and we know to be wrong, then we are portraying to the world saying, look, it's okay if you do all these things. It doesn't really matter what Jesus says about sin. It doesn't matter what God says about sin. Hey, there's enough grace. It'll cover you. No, we need to understand the stakes and also uh, be aware of what the things that we're doing impacts the world. How the things that we say, all the things that we're doing, all those things Judas covered. And he's trying to help the church understand that we can't have this attitude of, uh, of just simply doing whatever we feel like doing, not worrying about the fact that we're sinning, not worrying about the fact that we're doing wrong and know it. Uh, uh, we've got to be people who strive. Like one person says, strive for excellence. Strive, as Jesus says, strive to be holy. God says, I'm holy, so be ye holy. Look, and, and we, we always use the excuse, well, I'm not holy, I'm not God, I can't possibly be holy. Well, we can strive to be holy. We can strive to be more... Uh, look, again, using another metaphor, using another uh, uh, illustration... Uh, when, when I, the older I get, the more I hear my daddy speak in my ear. You probably feel this, or maybe it's your mother. You might hear some of the things that your, your parents said to you whenever, uh, 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 you say those things to your child and, uh, they're coming in and their feet are all filthy and they don't take time to wipe their shoes or take their shoes off when they come in and they mess up your clean floor. Ladies, you might hear your mother, you might say some of the exact same things your mother said uh, to you when you made that mistake in your life. Or, or perhaps, uh, men, uh, when your children go through the house and they don't turn off the lights when they leave a room or turn off the TV or something like that, you might hear your own father admonish you for the fact that... Uh, 
you did the exact same thing and you, you catch yourself saying some of the exact same things that your daddy said. And you knew when you were a child, you said to yourself, I'll never say that to a child of mine. But as soon as you're in that situation, you find yourself saying those exact same things. Why? Because you're an image of your father. You're an image of your mother. You, uh, you demonstrate those things that have been founded in you. We need to do the same thing with God on a greater scale. God, we need to be an image of God in this world. We need to have uh, so much of the imprint of God and Jesus Christ in our life that we are an image. And look, that's what a Christian means. A Christian is a is a little Christ. And if you're going through your life acting like a little devil instead of a little Christ, you're not being a Christian. And you need to ask yourself, what is your influence? The devil in the world or Jesus Christ? If you're just going around acting like the devil and saying you're a Christian, then you're not being a true Christian. You're not allowing the influence of God. Look, who has the greatest influence on you? The world or Jesus Christ? Who do you want to have the greatest influence in your life? The world and all the things that they seem to want to influence you with? Or Jesus Christ? Are the things you say, the things you do, the attitudes you have, the actions that you have, do they portray an image of Christ or the devil or Satan, the world? And that's, that's how Jude ends up his time here in verse 17. But beloved, remember you the words which were spoken before the apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last times who should walk after their own ungodly lusts. These be they who separate themselves, sensual, having not the Spirit. He said, look... He says, look, uh, church, you need to listen to, uh, to me. He says, you need to hear this. He said, and we need to hear this. Beloved, remember the words which were spoken. Remember. Now, he's not saying, um, uh, remember the teachings from a long time ago, back in history. He's talking about, remember the words that were spoken to you when you heard the gospel message. Remember what we taught you. Remember what we shared with you. He says, those are the things that you need to have in your life. Not the things uh, that the world uh, seems to want to influence on you. He says, um, remember those things whom the apostles, the teachers taught you. Now, what Jude is saying here gives us a big clue as to when this is occurring. The people that Jude is writing to are all people who ha- are alive during the same time in which the apostles uh, were alive. Those same apostles were the ones who helped establish the church that Jude is, is writing to. And he says, remember the words of the apostles, the disciples who walked with Jesus, listened to Him preach, listened to Him teach, uh, that had the influence of Jesus Christ on on their life. Now they've been an influence on your life by teaching you these teachings. You need to remember those teachings, not the teachings of the uh, uh, antinominalists. He says how that they told you that there should be... He says, look, there's going to be people 
They told you there would be those who would mock the Scriptures, mock the Word of God, that they would be those who would come in the last times who would walk after their own godly lust, ungodly lusts. And look, he's basically saying, who do you want to, who do you want to emulate? Do you want to emulate those who have had a true experience with Jesus Christ, who have taught you all these things and led you to an understanding of who God is and His love for you and and how Jesus Christ died for you? Do you want to be someone who is like those who've been influenced by Jesus Christ or do you want to be like those who are walking after the ways of the world? Do you want... He says... If you're walking in the, along in the lines of those who walk in the ways of the world, you're not being like Jesus because Jesus walked against the world. He uh, rebuked those who walked in ungodliness, who didn't walk according to the love of God. He says you need to walk according to the instruction of those who... Uh, who <coughs> excuse me... <coughs> who walked after Jesus Christ and followed after Him, you need to be an apostle just as those who uh, taught you these, uh, these words. Don't walk after the ungodly lust, <coughs> but walk according to those who walk. Now, He gives us some <coughs> specifics of how we can do that. Verse 20, but you, beloved, be builders, uh, uh, build up yourselves in your uh, most holy faith. He gives us four things. And the first thing that we have to do is we have to be people who build up the faith, who are people who uh, follow in the faith of Jesus Christ, who are, look, when we live according to the world and we espouse the things of Jesus Christ let's just be honest when we're in here and we uh, when we're speaking the word of God and when we're sharing the message of Christ in song and reading scripture and uh, sharing of the lesson in Sunday school when we're singing a special when we're singing in the choir or when we're singing as a congregation and we're lifting up the, the word of God and we're helping to promote and lift up the word of God we're sharing in that message and we share by participating, by being a part of the edification of, of, the, of the name of Jesus Christ, of lifting up God. Uh, when we come together and do these things, we're worshiping. And when we worship, we are promoting the faith of Christ. We do all the, That's why we sing the songs. While we listen to the the scripture being read. While we, it's important to come to Sunday school because we're we're lifting up the faith, as as Jude puts it here. He says, but we can't do that when we're go throughout the rest of our life. We're we're tearing down the faith by acting uh, in sinful ways and doing those same sinful things we did before we came to know Christ. When we say and do those things that we know are contrary to what Jesus Christ would have us to do. If you ever have a doubt as to what those things are, anything you would be ashamed of Jesus Christ standing right beside you when you do or say those things, you know for a fact that's a sin. And 
You don't have to guess. You can look through the Scriptures. You can know what those things are by simply studying uh, uh, the Scriptures and knowing what they say uh, in the Word of God. Thank you very much. And you can know what those things are simply by studying the Word of God. But, but if you ever have a doubt, if you ever have a question, just ask yourself, would, would Jesus cut uh, His eyes at me and and have a word with me because I said or did this, would Jesus be uh, disgraced by my actions? Would I want Jesus to be standing next to me doing these things? If you can't say honestly, yes, I would want, uh, I wouldn't mind Jesus being there, then you know it's a sinful thing. You know it's something wrong. You know, uh, basically, anytime you have to do one of these, you know for a fact it's wrong. If you're looking to see who's around, you know, you know it's wrong. You shouldn't be doing it. Uh, that's the simple test. But anytime we're degrading the name of Jesus, that's a sinful thing. And Jude says the first thing we need to do as a church, as a body of believers, is we need to lift up the faith. We need to, to bolster the faith. We need to, uh, to make uh, the most of the holy faith that is within us. Secondly, we need to pray for one another. We have a tendency of only praying for one another when we come together on Wednesday night, don't we? So often we, our prayers tend to slide into that arena of things that I care the most about. We need to be people who pray consistently for each other. Pray for each other to, to you know, look, if you know, and, and look, there comes uh, a, a, a point of transparency that needs to be there, an accountability. If you know, you know, if, if I know that I have a problem with a particular sin, you need to find an accountability partner. Find someone within the church, someone with uh, another Christian of strong, strong faith, whether they're in the church or outside the church. And you need to confine with them. Look, I have a problem with XYZ. I have a problem with this in my life. Would you pray for me? And that way, when it's just like the 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 same kind of things that uh, that you see uh, that other people do. Uh, look, if you ha- and when you're having a problem with that, you go to that accountability partner and you say, "Hey, brother, pray with me right now. Sister, pray with me right now. I'm having a problem with this right now. Hold me up, lift me up to the Father." And we need to be the same for someone else. That's why it's so important for us to have, to be strong in the faith, to be diligent, to contend for the faith. Because if we're not strong, we can't be strong for someone else when they're weak. And if we're not allowing... Look, uh, a, a boxer always has... Uh, if you want to go back to the metaphor of the boxer, a boxer always has a sparring partner, don't they? They have someone that they can go and that they can uh, they can uh, practice with. They can grow stronger with. They can go over techniques. They can uh, go over uh, strategies to prepare for the battle. Uh, 
That's what an accountability partner is. That's what somebody is that you go to, that you can a mentor, someone that you're mentoring, someone that you're helping, uh, that you go to in your time of need. And you say, look, I need you to pray for me about this. I would, pr- I would love for you to just simply pray for me right now. I'm having this problem. They're preparing you, getting you stronger, helping you through uh, the, uh, the challenges so that you can be prepared when that, that, that temptation comes on strong and that person's not there. We need to pray for one another. Thirdly, he says, not only do we need to pray for one another, uh, uh, praying in the Holy Spirit, we need to also keep ourselves, look, verse 21, keep yourselves in the love of God. Uh, we need to keep ourselves in the mercy, uh, in the love of God. We need to keep ourselves, strive to stay righteous, strive to stay pure in the faith. We need to to not uh, not only pray for one another we need and lifting up the faith we need to keep ourselves strong keep ourselves pure keep ourselves in the walking in the ways of God and then lastly he says we need to look for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life the antinomialists they focused on the grace of God but Jude here says, look, you don't have grace without mercy. You don't have the grace of God without His mercy. You need to understand that, that grace comes because of the mercy of God. And when we're walking in the world, doing whatever the world uh, is leading us to do, and we're not staying strong in the faith, we're not staying strong in the love of God, and we're, uh, we need to... to Contend for the mercy of God. We need to pray that God would allow us to have His mercy in order for us to have His grace. And we need to, we need to realize that that grace comes at a cost. A cost of what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross of Calvary. And we need to realize that every time that we abuse the grace of God, we're, abu- we're, we're abusing God's mercy that allowed us to have that grace. So we need, uh, if we're going to be people who contend for the faith, if we're going to be people who strive to be like Christ, who strive to, to overcome the things of the world, we need to keep these things in mind. We need to keep these things uh, dear to our hearts so that we follow after God's desire, that we turn away from the teachings of those who would, who would lead us astray, but we need to keep our eyes focused on those things that are most important in our life, making sure that we uh, uplift the faith when we come together in Christ. When we come together in Christ, we also need to pray for one another. That we need to, to uh, uh, make sure that we look to the love of God and, and, and stay strong in our faith and realize the mercy of God that has been placed in our life to give to, that when He demonstrated His grace towards us. 
We need to be strong in our faith. And if we do these things, we'll be strong as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus Christ, as one who walks after Jesus and lives for Him, but also we'll be strong for one another. We'll be a strong community of believers come together to worship and to exalt God. That's what church is. It's not this building. You know, a storm could come, that hurricane could have come through and wiped this church completely out, this building, but we'd still be a church. We could be meeting here on cinder blocks with boards as seats out in the open underneath the tree and still be a church. Why? Because we are a body of believers come together to lift up the name of Jesus Christ, to edify one another, to bolster one another, to be strong for one another, to to encourage one another, and to proclaim the message of Jesus Christ. That is church. And if we're not that as church, then we're just being a bunch of people coming together in a building. And that's not church. We need to be the body of Christ, living for Him, encouraging one another, strengthening uh, our own faith in following in the practice of Jesus Christ. Let's join together in prayer.